Hey guys, welcome to Podcast Live. With us today, we've got some really special guests. Uh, this is a show, if it's the first time listening to it or watching us, we talk all things golf. We talk about the PGA, the Champions Tour, LPGA. We talk about golf fitness, uh, golf instruction, as well as talking about the new technologies that are available for us. And uh, with us today are a couple of special guests. We've got Joe Ross from Newmarket. He's a former TPI and CPGA professional, um, fitness instructor, as well as Chris Saney. We, they call him Sheppy. And uh, <laughs> he's also a fitness instructor over at Mad Lab School of Fitness, a TPI uh, instructor. And of course, with us co-hosting is Michael Bleakley from Vancouver. Um, Guys, lots of great golf on TV this weekend. Uh, we're going to just start off by talking about what you do and how you got into golf. And uh, maybe we could start with Chris. Uh, Chris, you've been involved with golf in, for a while. You know Mike uh, in Vancouver. Tell us about what you do and how you got involved with the golf business. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I moved to Van in 2006. I'd been in BC for years and um joined a gym just to work out which was in crossfit vancouver and uh the owner was a very big golfer um so it, it took three four years for me to get into it but uh he said you know I, I said this on another podcast i saw them go off on this big tournament he put on every summer you know they're loading right. into the to the party bus at 7 a.m and i'm like wow that looks like fun i want to go <laughs> so I just started golfing more and more um, and then started taking lessons with a guy down at Fraserview, Derek Thornley. He's a old school BC guy, great, great instructor. Um, and he suggested that I go try TPI. I'll go get certified. And uh, so off I went down to uh, Scottsdale and uh, and did a cert and just started reeling in um, clients after that. And uh, yeah, it's been growing and growing ever since. It's a real fun passion to to, uh, to indulge in getting people better at their golf game, right? Absolutely. Amazing how it helps anybody out there who hasn't done TPI or know what it is. Uh, I can speak firsthand for uh, the knowledge it uh, taught me about the golf swing and how the body should function. So uh, uh, anybody should do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my, sorry, go on. No, absolutely. You were going to say that's your. Oh, that's my slogan. You know, I I won't coach your golf swing, but I'll make your body better at doing it. (laughs) That's actually a really great point to make because, uh, you know, I've been doing the golf and the golf fitness for quite a while. um, And, you know, people, uh, I think they need to understand that you're not, you know, you're doing that not to improve your golf swing per se, because you need proper instruction for that, but you help yourself safeguard against injuries and, and, you know, your endurance factors through the game, all that. That's the really important stuff with the fitness with golf. Yeah. And uh, Joe, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit how you got started with uh, the golf fitness and what your background is with golf. Oh, so me? Yeah, Joe, yes. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, well, I, I started golfing when I was uh, 13. So, uh, and you know, of course, back then, uh, you know, golf fitness was not really a, 
in any sport that I'm fitness in. I remember Guy Lafleur on the bike with a cigarette in his mouth, drinking beer. You know, sports, <laughs> sports and fitness were not, you know, synonymous. And, and you know, there have been many golfers. We don't even have to think about anyone else other than John Daly for that matter. But uh, anyways, um, I've always been into a lot of different sports. And, and when I got into golf, I just fell in love with it. And uh, right off the bat, and within a couple of years, I was working as assistant pro at a course called the Tamashaner in Scarborough. Um, and I didn't stay very long in the CPGA, but um, mostly because uh, I didn't think it was enough to, you know, get by. And I ended up going back to school and becoming a kinesiologist. But uh, I've always had a high regard for fitness in anything I've done. And I just loved combining the golf with the fitness when I, when I started doing that. And I ended up getting my TPI when it first came out, I think, in 2008. Uh, they actually came to Toronto. So, uh, and I've had, you know, semi-pro players that... Um, Canadians that would be here through the winter or, or through the summer and, and then they'd go down to play through the, into the winter and stuff like that. So it's, it's been a very helpful tool for sure. Right on, Mike. And you, we've seen the change in the golf game. I mean, if we go back to people like Gary Player, who were making fun of uh, other players like Tim Heron and John Daly, who weren't your average uh, looking golfer. And when people look at players like that, they don't feel like it's a really a sport. It's more a skill oriented kind of activity. But I think things have changed a lot from, you know, the days of Tiger Woods coming in in 1997. Um, and then you will see the, the change in all the players over the over the last 20 some odd years. Um, I remember, Mike, we uh, back in 1997, we were watching the Masters over in Vancouver together and how he was just blowing the field away and how everybody changed their routine and what they do for golf to get more fit. And it's actually changed our mindset as well. There's, there's a whole slew of players that play out there had the tiger factor uh, come into place. And, and now we look at someone like Bryson DeChambeau, who's changing the game. We never thought that somebody would transcend uh, golf one more time. And I think you know, Bryson's taken it to another level. Bryson decided that he's going to get as big and strong as he can. And, uh, you know, uh, Chris uh, could probably speak to this and size and golf uh, doesn't necessarily translate into improving, but, but not Bryson. He uh, rebuilt his body, added a bunch of weight and strength, and, uh, and he can still hit it straight uh, in it fairly in control and compared to most of us. And uh, it's really something interesting to see how he develops. And I think he's leaned out a little bit in the last couple months. If, if you look at him, he's not as bulky, but doesn't mean the strength isn't there. And we're going to see more results out of him and as he, he changes the game. And uh, other players are following suit. You can see Danny Lee trying to swing harder and get stronger. And the fitness level on golf is a much more depth than it was 20 years ago where I mean, these guys may not try to run the uh, the 100 meter dash uh, in the Olympics, uh, but they have a great uh, platform, a great, good strength uh, platform within themselves. And uh, they're, they're athletes. They're, they're definitely athletes. Uh, it's so funny you should say that too, because that's, that's I've all the golfers that I've worked with, I've been making them sprint. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. just, you know, for extra endurance and, and that, that fast, yeah. quick uh, twitch, you know, I mean, sprinting does, I, I, I've got bias. I, I was on the Canadian team in track and field for a number of years. Cool. So I come from that background as well. And, um, but I, I found, man, I was playing my best golf when I was in my best track and field shape. 
and uh and like i said safeguarding against the injuries and stuff so yeah the the type two scientific word but you know your type two x fibers that you create with uh with sprinting it's probably one of the best ways you could do it yeah. um is, is sprinting and but it's uh, definitely in the golf swing that that you need oh, to for have sure. Yeah, for sure. well, that fast twitch movement is, uh, you know, definitely something golfers need to be in tune with. And um, yeah. um, I think uh, you know, the short distance running and sprinting is probably better for us than than running and uh, training for a marathon and that. that type of pressure oh, on your do that. Uh, on your body. But I, I agree. And Chris, you've done that with me, short sprints around the gym and around the, yeah. the, the, the streets uh, near the gym as well. And uh absolutely i agree there's a benefit to that and yeah. i was saying that you know like a usain bolt may have a different uh practice or workout regime than justin <laughs> thomas does right so um you know but uh uh yeah no that definitely makes sense you know I, let me just add one thing here and this is something i i'm battling with with a recent client um and you can think back to the way the junior programs run right you're an athlete first you got to put your fitness first. And once you have that, then you can start specializing in sports, right? This is what they say about juniors. But, you know, if you're a 40-some-year-old person and and just picking up golf, I have this client did that, picked it up in the last year and a half, another, like, apocalypse golfer. But, uh, um, you know, she's super injured right now. She's got this condition where she's bruised. The cartilage that attaches her ribs to her spine can't remember the name of it um and she's you know this w woman is not in shape a lovely lovely woman she's been playing three times a, year, a week for the last year and a half right through the winter and she came to me to get better and she was already sort of injured and and i keep trying to tell her like no you need to become an athlete first we need to get your deadlift up we need to get your squat up we need to work on your shoulder flexion. You know what I mean? We need to do all these things and then we can do the sexy fun golf stuff. Right. But no, 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 I only want the golf stuff. I only want the golf stuff. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think we know we've all worked with golf clients and you know, you're, you're going to get a mixed bag of interest in terms of the fitness and in the instruction and, and yeah. how often they're going to work at it. You know, we've, we've all been down that road for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. You can only do so much. You can lead a horse to water. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I told her, you have the horse upside down in the cart. <laughs> That's how you're approaching this, okay? Yeah. You need to completely revamp. Let's not even do golf fitness. Come in and train with me. I'll get you in the classes. We'll get you athletic. We'll lose some weight. You know, it's do three months of that. We put a massive dent in her strength and wellness, oh, right? Fantastic. I, I, think, I think the biggest problem over the years, you know, I've been doing this for close to 21 years, got certified in 2000, had a golf studio out in Montreal, had several professionals work for me. And I, I got to a point yeah. where the evaluation process on the first lesson is so important and it's not really taught and most professionals don't use that kind of system where you need to evaluate the player, what their flexibility is, what's their range of motion, you know, uh, what their goals are, what they want to accomplish, how often are they playing. So I usually tick off a list of things. And with today's technology, it's pretty amazing to be able to go through a list of things and then work on, you know, your grip, you know, your stance, your posture, ball position, alignment, and then work on the swing itself. But 
how much time are they willing to put in? What kind of clubs do they have? All of these things factor in on how a player is going to perform and what their expectations are. Because a lot of the, the people who come in, as you guys well know, they'll come in for one lesson sometimes. And they want to learn because they're getting ready for a corporate golf tournament. Or uh, they, <laughs> you know... Know your audience. But so if you've got a wide array of students, uh, I think the process of having a good evaluation is important. What do you guys think? And TPI, of course, they, you know, they're the ones that push for the, the, uh, the initial assessments like that and stuff. Mm. Uh, they're one of the first groups that have you know, come along and done that. Uh, but of course, not everyone takes that approach to it. Like, as you said, most people, as you're sure, I mean, for me, I, I work both sides of the road. I, I do the fitness and I do the golf and sounds like you guys do. Uh, so you, you, you know, not everyone's going to want to go down the fitness road. So that's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough thing, uh, let alone get people to come to golf lessons. So, you know, so yeah. consistently, right. But it, it's, it's all part of the game. It's all, uh, it's all fun and you help the people you can help the best and you do your best with the rest. Right. Yeah. I have um, a client, he was about a six handicap and he came to me last spring and he didn't even want to do fitness. He was touting my own, blowing my own horn by saying, you know, I just want to get in shape. I just want to get in shape. And just mm -hmm. by doing that, he went down to a four by working out all summer. Right. He hit the gym two or three times a week, played two or three times a week. And, uh, and, you know, you don't necessarily even have to go to the golf side of things. I, I Obviously, we love to do that. But, uh, you know, you just get your hips stronger, you squat your body weight eight times, you're probably going to hit it further. Right on. <laughs> I think people don't realize, uh, especially newer golfers or you know, uh, most amateurs, they don't realize the commitment that it takes. Like, you can't just go take one lesson and think you're going to get better. You, you need to mm. absorb that lesson, go work on it yourself and get and, and follow up with your coach and measure that progress. It takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, and you've got to be committed to doing all those steps to get better at golf. And uh, we're in that world where everybody wants it now that urgently. Um, but uh, those slow incremental moves you do with golf to you know, uh, work with your coach and get your strength better uh, over time, end up paying off. Uh, yeah, most people don't realize just how traumatic this move is, especially yeah. when it's yeah. done properly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. The better you swing, the harder it is on your body. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, I mean, I know with the fitness, it creates that kind of longevity within the game. Because if you do experience a lower back pain or you do hurt yourself, you know, the most common injuries would be. Uh, a left wrist for right-handed golfers or a lower right side of your back. And that's not proper technique, not proper fitness, not, not, good, uh, not a good uh, warm-up. And th those things need to be taught. Uh, they all and, just jump out of the car and start playing, man. Oh, yeah. But then, then yeah. they look at someone like Bernard Longer and they, can't, they don't understand. They think, oh, it's, it's pretty simple. This guy's 64, but people don't realize what he does to be able to do what he does. Even someone like Phil Mickelson who's going between the PGA Tour and won the, the, uh, the event in Arizona this weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, Bernard Longer at 64 winning the Charles Lefties. Schwab Cup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Anyone uh, else left? Yeah, I'm a lefty. All right. right on. Guys are TPIs or lefties? Mm. <laughs> a lot more in well, Canada anyways. Yeah. But I read in, um, 
I read today that Longer played every Champions Tour event. 39 events. 36 yeah. of them or something? That's right. 39 and, and events. Phil, ridiculous. Phil played six. Yeah. And one won four. four of them. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and Actually, Longer almost pulled out on Thursday after three holes. His back was right. in so much pain. Yeah. But his his doctor told him he couldn't hurt it any further, so he he toughed it out and uh, ended up taking the Charles Schwab Cup. Had he pulled out, Furyk could have easily surpassed him and taken the the race. Yeah, and he so, posted uh, a super yeah. low round on Saturday. I think it was eight under sixty three, wasn't it? You know, and Furyk mm -hmm. Furyk kind of choked with his putting and some of the wayward shots. Uh, he's, he's got a pretty crazy swing, as we all know. Uh, well, but you know, it's it's repeatable, you know. <laughs> yes. And uh, well, he hit the grandstands on 18. That didn't certainly didn't help. Um, but look at Phil Mickelson. I mean, he's taken a whole new approach to his game as well. He swings out of his shoes as well, and he's playing both tours. You mentioned that he's won the last four out of six Champions Tour events. He matches Jack Nicklaus's record for four out of six, and I think then comes Lee Trevino and Arnold Palmer. It took them nine starts before they got their first four wins, um, mm. which is <laughs> incredible in itself. And then someone like Hale Irwin, who's got a ridiculous amount of, what is it, 46 wins on the oh, Champions yeah. Tour? I don't think it's 45. Yeah. 40, 45? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but, That's sick. But Phil's playing both tours. Like he's, He won the PGA Championship last year at a few days shy of his 51st birthday which is just incredible. And it's inspiring a whole generation of golfers who played, including myself. I'm 47 right now. Mike, you're 48. And uh, you guys, <laughs> how old are you guys? <laughs> I'm, uh, I turned 50 this year. Congrats. I'm wow. 57, 57 now. So oh. I'm, I'm in the old fart stage of the golf game, I call it. Hey, we could all shoot our age for nine holes. It's a pretty amazing. That's right. <laughs> I'd be lucky. That'd be a really bad nine holes. <laughs> so, so let's... Speaking of, uh, of funny stuff, um, I turned 50 in May and we had, um, we were still somewhat in lockdown, not lockdown, but we had some pretty strong restrictions happening. Um, and uh, I said, screw it and put on a golf tournament. Nice. 24 guys a day, two days. We played Fraserview and UBC. And... Uh, just had a whale of a time. I think there's been two divorces since then, <laughs> but uh, just had a whale of a time. I, I mean, I was home in bed by 10 each night. I was so tired. Mm. These other younger guys, they were out till 4 a.m. and like <laughs> just partying away. It just seemed like uh, everyone just really needed a release and it just came at the right time. And, and we had great weather. God, that was fun, eh, Mike? Oh, they're good times. And let me talk about the prize table. Uh, <laughs> Jeffy basically brought in half a cow and divvied it up into prizes. So the winner of, uh, I, I believe I won the Sunday round. So I had at least a $400 piece of steak that, uh, that uh, my portion was and it was fantastic. And uh, you so got that done a couple times with these, um, what do you call them? The uh, rib extravaganza? Oh, no, the rib roast rivalry. Yes, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah, took yeah. that one too, you fuck, you no, bugger. Sorry. That's all right. It's, it's a it's podcast. Okay. So you can say what yeah. you want. You know, it doesn't go reflect uh, me or the podcast. Uh, but, you know, what about me? If I came down and played, because I come down to Vancouver and play with Mike from time to time, and um, 
I'm a vegetarian. What are you gonna you're gonna get me like uh, thirty pounds of asparagus or something? He's gonna get you <laughs> back on me. allowed at the tournament. They're not allowed. Groceries are getting expensive now, so including <laughs> the vegetables. Yeah. Let me say it was grass-fed beef. There was like the finest beef you can get. So, uh, uh, as well, a few bottles of wine, and uh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a really That's good. A good night. It's, a, it's a good event that Chris puts together, and um, you know, I know he's very passionate about getting everybody together to to um, have fun on the golf course. Yeah, together's the way forward, man. Right, always. Yeah, yeah. always. Well, the uh, the uh, I should mention too that everyone got a can of spam. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot of spam these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still have it. I'm waiting for the next lockdown and I'll eat it. Oh, yeah. no. Slice it up, fry it, put a fried egg on top, on some mm. toast. Not just for breakfast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who wants to go first, but Chris and um, Joe, maybe let our audience know how someone could reach you and where you guys are located and, uh, and things of that nature. Chris, go ahead. Thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, I live in Vancouver. I work out of Mad Lab School of Fitness. It's on the east side. Um, I do have a thriving uh, fitness business through there. And um, and also, I'm trying to build out my golf fitness business as well. Unfortunately, there's only 12 work hours in a day. So, uh, I, you know... Blacker. We we pivoted really well when lockdown happened last March to an online platform. But even since then, since we opened back up, it's just been absolutely crazy busy. Um, so you can find me, and I'll do my best to get you in. And uh, I'll I, I could uh, I could should I give my email or how does that work? Yeah, do you, you have Instagram or uh, anything you can uh, plug? Instagram or a website? I <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm behind on this. You know, I know I got to get my, I have like my own personal Instagram, but. But uh, madlab.ca, is that, is that your website then? Yeah. Sheppy at madlab.ca is how you could reach me. You can reach me at Chris Sheppy Sani on Instagram. And, right. uh, and I guess at uh, www.madlab.ca. Yeah, yeah. They could reach out to me through there. Just put the name down. And, uh, Anybody can reach out to us here at the show and we'll connect you with Chris in okay. Vancouver here. That'd be awesome. Yep. Fantastic. And uh, I'm in new market. So uh, I'm kind of in an interesting stage of all this. I, you know, when I was young, like you guys and beyond, I was running all over doing corporate fitness gigs at places like Bear Aspirin and Kellogg's and all that. And uh, anyways, I've whittled myself down. Um, I was a, I was also a F45 head trainer here in, uh, well, in Scarborough, one of the locations up until the COVID hit. So I was still involved with fitness with that. But uh, mainly now I'm just doing the golf lessons at uh, a range called Northern Greens here at Newmarket. Um, Joe at fitforgolf.ca is uh, where people can reach me if they're in town. Uh, but I am currently working on an app. And with this app, I'm hoping to transcend just my local area. Uh, I think with COVID too, we've all learned to, you know, because we couldn't be so close to people and, and so forth. Uh, I know for me anyways, I've learned to really, you know, talk the trade from a distance. So I think uh, this app, I'm going to be able to actually really work well with people, even though we're just in this type of situation. Um, and, you know, I've got a worldwide market with, uh, with that. So that's, that's where I'm going with uh, what I'm doing. So I'm just kind of on hiatus through this winter and developing that. 
but I, I'll still be out on the on the range uh, working next spring and stuff. So fantastic! And I think uh, Mike could help you with that. that. He's with the uh, ECS agencies, a digital media company, and they develop okay. uh, websites and apps. So yeah, it's a pretty good uh, way that we could stay in I'll touch and work work, work about yeah, absolutely, on that. Joe. If you want to chat about that, happy to, and uh, can help give you some, some second opinion or uh, we, we, we do a lot of creative development here and yeah. brand strategy. I need second and third and fourth opinions because I don't know what the heck I'm doing with it all yet. <laughs> well, I'm just getting the information together, but the tech side's like, oh my God, so I'm a little well, intimidated by that. But that's I, the key. I'd love to chat yeah. with you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you don't want to go down the wrong path and realize after you spent a bunch of money on development uh, that you need to do a different route. So yes, so absolutely. If you want to have a chat after this, uh, Raf can we'll exchange numbers and uh, yeah, uh, you can absolutely. pick my brain. Mike's been uh, bugging me for years to do that. You've been bugging me for years to start a podcast, get an Instagram going. No, 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 no. So yeah. he knows well, what he's if, talking about. If you look at like I always like to use George Gankus, who uh, you probably know is Matt Wolf's coach, and he's an uh, in- interesting personality, teaches out at a public golf course in Santa Barbara, and he got himself on Instagram, and uh, he has blown up. He's top 100 teacher of the year. He was just on the cover of Golf products. Digest with, um, with Butch Harmon. So, yeah, it's it's worthwhile, Shep, to get uh, get yourself on IG. Sorry, Joe, what did you flash up oh, there? That was just one of his uh, gangsters products there, that box thing. He oh, puts the box, his, yes. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of my clients yeah. left that behind. He never came back and got it. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Guess it wasn't in my studio. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I got a yeah. quick question here about technology. Uh, back in the mid-2000s when I had my studio, I found it a tremendous help to have the some Sam Pup lab system to really fit people and help them understand their stroke. And it would be mostly more advanced players, but I would put them on the simulator because I had a full swing golf simulator set up at a uh, a tennis and racket club. I had a full studio there as well, and uh, that helped tremendously. Do you maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, any types of technology that you're using or thinking of using? Um, I'm I had a the simulator all these years uh mine never broke down but it's getting pretty old and i've you know everyone's going to the launch monitors now and uh um and i this uh, garmin just came out with this thing the, the launch monitor it's 500 bucks comparatively to what you're paying you know five thousand and up for for other launch monitors and stuff and, and it's pretty good um it has some shortcomings especially indoor it doesn't get the distance quite right but it gets the shot shape really nice so that's what i'm I'm using with my clients in here through the the winter and stuff and till I decide maybe if I want to upgrade it further than that. But uh, when I take it to the range, it gets the distances right on and uh, and the shot shaping and stuff. So and it's, it's Doppler. It's not the latest, you know, right. photo tech type of stuff, but uh, but does the job. So that's that's what I'm using through this winter. Yeah, a lot of technology is actually very attainable nowadays because uh, SkyCaddy has a product out now and. Uh, uh, there's a few uh, cheapies I've seen on Amazon. A friend of mine bought one that actually gives pretty good numbers for three, four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we'll see a lot more technology in people's bags uh, as the price points uh, are, are more attainable. Mm. That's pretty great. How about say yourself, Chris? Are you using any types of technology, or are you, you still working on uh, mostly machine and, and using your own body weight, calisthenics, and uh, and free weights? Yeah, I don't, it's nothing high tech with me. I've got a swing vest 
that uh, is totally awesome. Mike spent a bunch of time on that. Uh, no, no, not that fancy. It's just, I uh, can't remember the company right now. They're down south. But um, yeah, it's a swing vest that you could use to practice any kind of swing sport, like baseball or whatnot. And just a harness you sit in with a couple high-powered bands and a lot right. of drills you can do in there. And, and then, uh, or oh, I just bought that TRX Rip Trainer. Oh. which uh, uh, is just totally out there. They look great. I've used one before, um, but uh, I did actually a year ago, I did the TPI power cert and they came up, they had some, obviously they want you to get a pressure board and all this stuff. I'm like, man, I'm a fitness coach. I don't need mm -hmm. that. Right. Um, so uh, I'm pretty excited to go in and use that today. I just got it on the weekend. Nice. Um, nice. But you know, I, I essentially, I work with on, people's core and their stability that's how i start you know you can try a palov press with them and they can't even hold the lightest cord you know right. i know like well we got big problems here right or they can't even make themselves they don't have the proprioception to figure out their knees aren't over their toes or blah 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 right so you got to peel it back pretty far and i just don't feel like technology like any of those toys are really what people need when they come see me when they come see you folks and and getting a golf lesson and stuff for sure you want those specs right but but for me man i'm i just want to turn you into um, a tractor a turbocharged tractor right <laughs> yeah I find, big I find wheels absolutely big engine you're not going to break down and you can do some supersonic speed if you want yeah i yeah. find that the uh, b1 software is uh, is pretty amazing you know, doing the video analysis on that, being able to stay in touch with your clients, send them off uh, their swing, either down the line or um, right on plane and draw the lines and talk about their swing and have that communication with your client. Because if we look at, you know, Foresight Sports Technology, Bryson DeChambeau has that little device he walks around with on the range. That's, you know, $20,000. But it gives you like some crazy data, not only club head speed and ball speed, but gives you like smash packed or spin rates. And it's very precise. So I think that technology is going to come down in price, make it more feasible for all types of trainers to start using the technology because because it is so precise and you get the automatic feedback. And uh, most people don't know their yardages. And this leads me into this question, guys. Uh, we've got a live question from Craig in North Bay. And he says that he hits all his irons the same length. What can I do with my fitness to change the length? That's what it is. So I his think, nine iron goes as far as his six iron? Uh, that's all he wrote. I don't know. I don't have him on here. <laughs> he just uh, sent us the, a message. Well, I, I, anybody want to tackle that or I could tackle that? I, I'd have to say that's more of a technique issue than, uh, yeah. than a power issue. I agree. Um, and, and, you know, you guys see it all the time and, and people, people, you know, if you come in and you're just swinging without any, you know, I, I don't even talk about taking lessons, but if you really don't have any idea of what the real motion, there's a, a one blueprint for the swing that, you know, varies a little bit player to player, but, you know, certain things have to happen. And then, you know, if things are going right, everything should be 10, 15 yards or so, you know, different type of thing. So it's, that's, that's a technique thing. That's not, you know, he's not using the body properly. He's just probably just swinging with his arms and it's all over the place. And 
uh, you know, and we've all been there at some point, right? Yeah, I find that with amateurs and beginners, they do tend to hit their uh, their irons pretty much the same length, especially women, because they need to generate a certain amount of club head speed to optimize and, and get the result that you would get between clubs. You're looking at 10, 15 yards difference between all your irons, about 15 yards for men, 10 yards for women, and they need to generate a certain amount of club head speed. So what I would tell you, Craig, is uh, just get your club speed up and then work with a your local professional to work on your technique because it could be as, as something as simple as you know your ball position grip stance posture alignment and then your swing needs to generate a certain amount of speed uh, i think uh, do you guys agree with that yeah i agree with that and i i would throw <laughs> in uh get your clubs checked make sure yeah. your lofts and lie angles are all dialed in uh, as well but uh, That's a good point. um Go check with the CPGA Pro and learn the technique. Uh, get your clubs checked, and and uh, you, you you're all uphill from there. Nice, nice. You know, uh, speaking of women in golf, I, I don't know if you guys caught any of it this weekend, but we had the the finale this year with uh, Nelly Corda taking, well, maintaining her first place position in the world rankings, and her, you know, Nelly is just an incredible golfer she's got so much talent uh you know i feel bad for lexi thompson who finished second she finished second in the u.s open she kind of fell apart or she was so nervous it went into that playoff hall did any of you guys catch that yeah, i mean uh, well i just i was really impressed you know because uh, nelly had trouble for a few holes there and you could just see that's the mark of a, of a great golfer just you know coming out of adversity and coming back and just you know doing it out and like a like a a championship player does right yeah uh, it's amazing to see that when these pros or even amateurs or we do it ourselves and you, you you have some trouble and you you find that gear to stabilize yourself and come in and finish it off and uh, Nella did that fantastically this weekend mm -hmm. right on listen guys uh, and she can beat all of us yes she yeah. can we should, uh, <laughs> why don't we we're getting close to time. I think we should exchange some funny or embarrassing stories. You and, got it. Uh, and we can call this a wrap for the day. Yeah. Who and, wants and Joe, to? Why don't we start with you? Any? Let, tell us something that's happened to you. Or uh... Uh, I got way too many to to list, <laughs> but I, one of my favorite stories uh, came when I was working. You know, when I was at this course, the Tamashaner, and I was on. You know, we were 17, 18 at that time. Young, young to be doing it, but at that time, when you were a, a CPJ professional, you did everything. You went out and confiscated deers and drove the range and worked the tee and worked the clubhouse and, and stuff. Um, but uh, I was on the tee, a uh, very busy morning or evening, I should say, and this lady walks up and she's got like seven inch stilettos on. She's gonna play golf. Oh my God. And uh, so I said, to the guys she was with, I said, "You know, are you guys, are you, are you actually going out there to golf?" She said, oh yeah, I'm going to I said, "Can't let you out there with those shoes. Like as nice as they look, uh, you know, you're going to be on greens, and those they're going to pierce the greens." And anyways, it turned out to be a big to do, and yelling and screaming, and they let me off at the clubhouse. How could you tell me I can't? <laughs> and long story short, it made the papers. So it was the first time that I'd, I'd been in the Toronto Star. As uh, as the other employee who stopped her, uh, oh and there was this big debate whether I should have let her onto the course or not. It was just the it well, was really if it was the uh, if it was the end of the season, she could aerate the greens, right? That's, That's what right. I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so, right. Yeah. Sheppy, you got to have something under there with all the oh shenanigans you've been up to. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I, I do. I like playing golf. Well, I, I do feel I treat it as a social outlet. Um, sometimes more than I should, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, golf's been uh, like golf trips have been off for a while. i not for everyone. I know some people that were going the whole time, but, uh, um, I had about three years in a row of going down South in uh, February or March. Mike was down in Scottsdale with us a few years back and they're so much fun. Right. And, um, anyways, uh, my boss and, and good friend, um, took us up to uh, Predator Ridge back in September, late September. I'd never been there before. Holy mackerel. How awesome is that resort? Beautiful facility. Oh, I loved it. But like I, uh, I hadn't been on a boys trip since right before lockdown in 2020. Um, so <laughs> I got, I got floor licking drunk on the course the first day we were at predator and you shot your best score right down whiffy that the ball oh. i actually was lined up about a 12 footer lined up and i missed it further to the right putting than i did like get it closer wow. to the hole. i just had my group it like laughing their head off at me i was just i think i went home and had a nap woke up mm. for a good evening session but uh as long as you didn't miss the next day yeah. No, no. I actually played pretty good that middle day. Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if you guys know it there, but uh, I like, I like the Predator more than the Ridge Course. To be honest, I, I can't remember them that well, but they're both spectacular. And let me just add yeah. to his story. When we were in Phoenix a few years back, these boys bought. So we went right from the airport to Costco, and they bought <laughs> sixty pounders of everything, bottles of wine. They drank most of it the first night and they're still <laughs> drunk the next day when we went to play uh, Longbow Golf Club. Kept yeah. drinking all the way through. I haven't seen people drink like this. It would have killed me if I could have kept up with them. And these guys are unbelievable. It, it is quite a <laughs> Well, I think so, I'll go next so, Mike, you could uh, you could wrap this up with your sure. story. I've got a good but, one. But uh, I'll tell you uh, first a quick story. I was over at Royal Montreal. It was my first year as assistant professional. I went out with the golf pros. I'm on the first tee, and I don't know if you remember the blue course where they have the Canadian Open and the President's Cup, but there's a balcony out back, and there's there's a bunch of members around. Most people haven't seen me play. I haven't had a chance to really play with the members yet, and I snapped, hooked it underneath the bench, just maybe oh. 40 yards to the left, and that was my like intro, and people were looking at me. Anyways, I teed another one up, hit it down the middle, but I was shaking. I couldn't believe it. But you know, I'm gonna. My real funny story is with Mike back in 1997 over at Mylora. Do you know what I'm gonna say, Mike? Oh, <laughs> we were on the green. I don't remember what hole it is, but he hit a really bad putt, and he looked around and he looked so angry. He took his putter and just whipped it, and it it tomahawked into a tree, maybe 40 yards up into the air, and got stuck in the tree. And uh, <laughs> The following season, I wouldn't suggest this for any of you youngsters out there watching this right now. I was but, really uh, young too. But the, the good laugh that we had at the, at the time, you know, it wasn't too funny because he was pretty upset. But uh, the following season, the, the putter was still up in the tree. <laughs> still there this Might day. Still, 
might still be there and it was a wilson yeah. mallet first time I ever had a mallet putter. <laughs> yeah i got a i got a good addition to that story we were playing northview ridge probably maybe three four years ago on canada day and they had that course so tricked out those greens were rolling 18 or something i don't know we i was four putting from six feet like it was it was so hard the tee boxes everything hey eh, mike I showed up in white pants and a red shirt, red. Yeah, no, you look the part, man. Totally you look the part. So, so Mike pars the first two holes, and let me tell you, they're hard. The third hole, I think, is the number one hole, and I think you tripled it. I think so. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got caught in the woods there a bit, and 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 so we're walking off the green, and the the carts are over there and whatnot. <laughs> Takes his putter. Wings it. This is like a Scotty Cameron. Wings oh, it. No. It hits the cart path. Sparks go flying. <laughs> Mike. Mike. Uh, Are you watching? You do. We didn't. This is another episode altogether where we got to talk to some golf psychologists, right? We're going to talk yeah, to some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that will be. So, so we call this about your now. So, since it's about embarrassing me today, and I'll continue the trend. <laughs> And I'll go back to, uh, I believe it was a tour championship tournament for the Vancouver Golf Tour uh, out at Pagoda Ridge. And um, you know, a couple holes in and things are going on okay. And I decide it's time to have a little smoke, some cannabis. So i walking up the left side of the fairway and uh, to have a quick puff and try to flick the cherry off of this cigarette. And it lands in my golf bag. It goes down into the clubs and in, into the uh, shafts. And I'm just like looking at it. I can see smoke starting to come out. So my golf bag's <laughs> catching on fire. And, then, oh, and I'm playing with guys I've never played with before. I'm like start yanking clubs out of my bag, trying to like douse this thing and like took the bag off the push cart. And like everyone's looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing over there? You know, and uh, it was just priceless. And uh, mm. um, so, yeah, that was uh, probably Mike, uh, Mike. one of them. Did you get, did you get, you lose a, a grip or anything or? No, I got all the clubs out and I was able to, uh, to, uh, you know, put out the blaze. Yeah. It's not the joint though. It was gone. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, listen, so, uh, listen, so, yeah, guys, one of them. we're going to wrap this up. You know, thanks so much. You guys, uh, you know, I love the stories. Uh, I like the knowledge. I'm hoping the, uh, our listeners and our viewers are going to be able to, uh, Take in some stuff outside of the uh, funny jokes and uh, pick up some some golf knowledge and enjoy the show. We're soon going to be on Apple and we're going to be streaming us, uh, some other audio streams as well. Uh, so please stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, hit the bell. I don't know where it is. And um, for jo you know Joe Ross, for Chris Saney and uh, Michael Bleakley, I'm Raphael Kalmat and you've been listening you. to Podcast Live. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us, Ralph. Let me just jump in and give a shout-out to the Drinkwell Company. Uh, they uh, make great juices, uh, wonderful vodka spritzers, and uh, they're our first sponsor of the show. This so isn't a golf show anymore. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all downhill from here. So. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, take well, care. Nice, nice to meet Thanks you. Thanks, guys.